Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight.
Hi, everyone, and welcome to Private Session with Mimi Zach. I am joined here today by two good friends of mine, uh, two new good friends of mine, um, Suna and Mark, who they'll introduce themselves, but they're here to talk today to me about their new book that they just put out. Um, could you call it a book? Would you guys refer to it as a book? Yeah, right? It's yeah, a book of sorts. we so- went a little back and forth. Sometimes we call it a photo book. Sometimes we call it a photo catalog. And someone has even thrown out the word zine. Before, zine, okay. Which makes us feel hip and... And cool. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it's a, it's a photo journal of photos of resistance, correct? And all pictures of... Um, signs that have been sh- like that people have been seen around the United States in the past six months. So we're here to talk today a little bit about their book, their photo journal, their zine, insert descriptor here, and then um, play some songs that we think match that and the the feeling that goes with that um, and what's been going on in the United States in the past six months. Um, so guys, you want to introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about it? Tell everybody a little bit about it? Sure. So my name is Mark. I'm originally from Las Vegas, Nevada. Ooh. Went to school in Reno. Came here about a year ago to San Francisco or to the San Francisco Bay and have quickly become to call this home and have picked up this project and have uh, really almost like a child uh, been raising it and watching it grow uh, with Suna. And very excited for the response to that that is in the future uh, audience, uh, but also the people that have helped us and supported it uh, throughout. Nice. Cool. And um, I'm Suna, that Mark referred to earlier. <laughs> um, I was also raised in Vegas, and that's where I actually met Mark. Um, went to school at the University of Michigan, Go Blue, hey. and um, now work at a big data startup in the Bay Area. Um, and like Mark said, it's been fun to watch watch this project grow. But uh, yeah, that's what we've been up to these days. How did you guys get started on that, uh, just to begin? like, Where did the idea come from? When did it begin? I can imagine that it probably started once everything um, really started the Trump administration started to become a reality, but... Um, yeah, we can say that it started uh, January 20th, or <laughs> we could say that it started uh, November 4th, yeah. or excuse me, November 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it was after uh, the inauguration, we were having small talk, uh, just conversing between ourselves that we were seeing a lot of fun and silly and very poignant protest signs from the Women's March. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be really cool to see these signs in a coffee table book, something mm-hmm. that we could always refer to. And as we started conversing and and starting to, in our minds, make it more real, we thought, why not? This could be something that we can embrace. And if we dedicated ourselves to it, um, bring it to life. Yeah. And so we decided to give it a shot. And so over the past few months, uh, we've dedicated ourselves to um, not only contacting others, um, but covering more than just the, the Women's March and also covering the, the travel ban protests at the airports. And we've, we've come to uh, put a personal stake in this project. Nice. Nice. Okay. And, and I, I was reading today in the book that you guys also, you, so you collected it, right? Like you, you had people sending in. Like it wasn't just the two of you traveling across the United States getting pictures of. San Francisco was a great place to be collecting those signs, but it was more of like a, 
people sending in things as well too, right? Right. So okay. we didn't want this to be a book about uh, San Francisco's perspective on the administration and mm -hmm. the resistance. So we thought it would be better if it was national. So these photos were crowdsourced by friends, friends of friends, anonymous posters, um, and whoever we could reach out to on Twitter that would respond to us. And um, so we ended up getting photos from DC, from New York, from Austin, Texas, and um, San Francisco, and a few other cities. So that's really because it, it's a, yeah definitely a national effort. I like that, and I also think that the coffee table idea is really cool because I think that there's so many things that you know we use Instagram for nowadays, and just you know you can Instagram a sign or you can Instagram you being at it or put it on Facebook, but that sort of doesn't feel as um, that feels sort of transient in a way, in the way that most Facebook posts can be, where like the internet is just so inundated with information or with people that something that's like you can have on your coffee table for you to look at and like have always there, I think is like something that maybe our generation kind of lost a little bit along the way, but something that could be like, I mean, it's not better than the internet. <laughs> the no, you're completely right. Yeah. It, it transformed, especially Instagram from people taking pictures of their avocado toast or yeah. uh, them taking selfies <laughs> to really making or taking a stand and looking at the message that they can convey. Yeah. Uh, once I think people realized that Instagram could be used as a powerful tool uh, to convey their frustration mm -hmm. uh, by attending these events and trying to reach a broader audience. That's when we thought if we could collect these photos, we could uh, even uh, distribute it out to, to the world and, mm -hmm. and make sure that people understood that these weren't just photos that people were posting for people within their network, but really for the entire world uh, to view in one place. Wow. So this took you guys about how long to do? And like probably like well um over the past over the past uh, four to five months everything from the the curation of the photographs to the design of the book to even the printing of it and so it was it was a lot of trial and error uh, we both have you know, separate uh, jobs uh, day jobs but throughout the whole process we almost became like a like superheroes uh, in the sense, uh, only because at, during the day, um, we worked the nine to five and at night we were going to coffee shops and uh, plugging away, making sure that we could get this done and really balancing it out, making the contacts and also trying to reach out to people and plan for the future. And now we're here with you. Hmm. Can we give a quick shout out to the actual superhero? And that's Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Roland Alger. Am I mispronouncing her name? No, that's right. Okay. So um, Mark and I come from uh, STEM backgrounds. So um, I studied industrial engineering in college and he studied biotech. So we don't know, how, we didn't know how to make a book. <laughs> and um, so we were just uh, two people trying to make a book I've and we were <laughs> kind of coming through our network and um, 
Mark's best friend, Rachel, had uh, an internship in the book arts. It was, uh, she dedicated a large part to her life in um, curating books and um, designing, and she's an art student. Mm -hmm. And she actually was this uh, person that we kept tapping on, and um, she was always responsive, which was super cool, but Mm -hmm. she was the person that truly helped us and gave us the templates and the software to make the book, and uh, I think, put this on a course that um, if it hadn't been for her, our answer wouldn't have been four to five months. It would have been about three years, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, shout out to Rachel then. That's awesome. Helping those science brains with just like, I've seen a book, but uh, I don't remember how to make one. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going in. There's yeah. a lot that goes into it that true. you don't think about or you take for granted. And I didn't realize how much intention is behind a lot of the a lot of the stuff you see that, you know, takes a split second you don't really look at and then um, you actually have to put the work in to put it there and mm-hmm. create it and you're like, wow, I have so much more respect and appreciation for this profession yeah. than I had before. Yeah. Nice. So today we're playing songs about resistance for resistance that were written with resistance in mind. Do you guys have anything for me to throw on the playlist right now? We just heard Fight the Power by Public Enemy, which is, you know, well, just listen to that song once you kind of know what it's about um but do you guys have any favorite songs like that you can think of i know we threw around billy holiday a little bit before this but yeah we could always put on a freedom Ooh. okay yeah all right i'll keep that one in mind we'll throw that on the playlist but right now we're gonna go right to uh some nina simone because she's my favorite and this is i wish i knew how it would feel to be free. We'll be back in a bit with the three of us here talking about Crooked Volume 1. Correct? That's the name of it? That it is. That it is. All right. You're on BFFM.FM radio. Like I'm longing to live 
the whole wide world All my niggas in the whole wide world Made the sun and make it all yours Time for us This shit is for us All my niggas let the whole world know Play the song and sing it on your terms for us This shit is for us Don't try to come for us All my niggas got the whole wide world Tell the niggas that it's all our time This us Some shit is unrest Some shit is for us When you know you gotta pay the cost Play the game just to play the boss So you're thinking what you gain, you lost But you know your shit is taken off Oh, when you're driving in your tinny car Criminal, just who you are, but you know you're gonna make it fine. Oh, when you're feeling all alone and you can't even be you up in your home, when you even feeling it from you, when you gotta figure it out. When a nigga trying to board the plane and they ask you what's your name again, cause it
That was Mercy, Mercy Me by Marvin Gaye. If you have not been living under a rock since birth, you know that song. Uh, <laughs> am I right, though, guys? Or am I right? <laughs> I think I'm right. Before that, we had F-U-B-U by Solange. And while that was playing, we were discussing that maybe maybe Solange for president? I don't know. I, I, I we think... We can start campaigning now. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think there's... there's just grab her by the hand, drag her into the ring. She might not want to, but... Before that, Yes, We Can Can by the Pointer Sisters. And then before that, Nina Simone's I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free. So guys, in your book, by the way, I wanted to talk to you really quick about this too because I looked at it this morning um, in your zine, in your photo journal, in 
in whatever we're going to call it. Um, whatever feels right. Whatever we'll go with feels that. right. <laughs> the, um, you have a section after the photos where on the left side of the page it says, and you can correct my wording of this because you definitely know it better than I do, but you know, not that you ever, it says, not that I ever had to prove that my life was, or that, you know, I, I had a right to live basically, but, and then it names like a fact of someone or a situation or something of some sort of legislation or some sort of resistance action that a Muslim did to um, prove in a way that their life was worthy, even though they shouldn't even have to at the outset. So talk to me a little bit more about that and what inspired that. And then if you want to even explain it a little bit more eloquently than I did, because I, I think you could probably do a better job than me. I know you did a great job, Mimi, no worries. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm glad you brought up the chapter because I think it's um, one of mine and Mark's favorite parts of the um, photo journal slash zine slash photo book. Um, <laughs> during the travel ban, this fact was circulating all over Facebook and Twitter. And it goes, Steve Jobs was the son of a Syrian immigrant. Mm-hmm. And everyone reposted it, and everyone would tweet about it. Could you imagine we wouldn't have iPhones? We wouldn't have (laughs) Apple if Steve Jobs hadn't been the son of a Syrian immigrant, you know, and had these opportunities. And we remember thinking, why would you have to start a company in order for you to deserve to have a fair chance to, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Like, why is safety and not being killed by your government and you know isis forces like why would you have to start a company in order to prove that you deserve that right right so we thought it'd be really impactful and we thought the best way to convey that was to have a flag of each of the countries that were banned in the travel ban and on the opposite side of that it would say you don't need to invent something for your life to have value mm. but and then it's an invention or contribution to history from a Muslim person or group. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people um, who aren't Muslim, I don't think have their arms around how much, how many contributions Muslims actually made to a modern day science, um, infrastructure, uh, even literature. And to be able to see where a lot of these, um, a lot of the things we take for granted, like a toothbrush came from, mm-hmm. all the way to um, optics and surgery and scalpels, like these are, these are things that you know Muslims brought into the world. So it's important for people to see how much um, their lives you know, also are affected by these people that were shutting out of the country and saying, don't deserve a right to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was really a really special part of the book. I think that anybody that goes and picks it up, again, Crooked Volume 1, which implies there's more volumes to be had, which is exciting, but um, should really go check it out because it's it's a really, I think, clever and honest way of depicting reality, I think, in a way that we sometimes forget like what you, I mean, that like you said, like that whole Steve Jobs thing is a clever way to get people like at least understanding slightly like the nature of the situation like here's what wouldn't have been the way that it is if you didn't have a melting pot america but like 
No, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I think that one thing is that our reality has become so distorted that it's more of like a, a surreal, a surreality, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and going along with that, humor uh, and satire being around since I think the beginning of any political organization, um, even back to the Greeks, where you have to, you know, they made these plays that they put on their you know, their leaders on a pedestal only to ridicule them because they're the ones in power. So they're the ones that have influence over them and through literature, uh, but it, now it's been done through song and music mm-hmm. and now through these photos. So I think when people may think of these are just signs, these aren't just signs that are clever or witty. Uh, this is humor that is trying to convey uh, something that language and everyday talk can't necessarily do it justice. Yeah. And so by us trying to trying to use uh, these signs, it's trying to give a, a, a bigger meaning. And I think humor really drives the point home that political speeches sometimes are, are a little too wordy um, and don't get the, the point across. Yeah. So it's, it's also a way, I think laughter is also a way of uh, releasing and, and, and almost uh, cathartic mm-hmm. in nature. And so when people can look at this book, they can really identify with it because I think humor can also be a way to uh, cope with a lot of stress and a lot of problems. And I think everyone within just wants to laugh because everyone is tired of crying. That's a really good way to put it. And I think that too, that like you said, it's, it's like humor is almost like, um, like a way to relax too. So people, I mean, these conversations that we're having, especially now that we need to have, um, but I think that it's like a way to just be like, all right, get it all out. Like, let's just, but let's talk. Like, let's, let's, let's relax, but also let's recognize. And that's, I think, a really clever way to, that's a great idea, you guys. So go pick up the book, everyone in San Francisco. <laughs> um, just a little, uh, a little help to where you can pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> a little please. guidance about yeah, where. That's probably a good idea too. Um, so you can pick it up at Needles and Pens and also Gravel and Gold um, carries those are, it. Where are those both? Those are in the mission? Yeah, they're on Valencia. Cool. And yeah. um, uh, also as of today, it's uh, June 10th. 10th. Yeah. Um, Adobe Books will also be carrying uh, the book. And if you do not have access to any of those locations, <laughs> um, you can go to Crooked Mag. That's crookedmag.com. And we have our uh, order uh, form up there on our nice. website. Nice. Thanks, guys. A little self promotion is always awkward, but really <laughs> necessary. Says the radio DJ, which all I do is self-promotion, basically. <laughs> That's like my job. So let's get back to the music then today, too. So before um, we're talking just about a little bit, well, I have a deep, deep, un- unapologetic love for Alicia Keys. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of her new album here right now, but also her old album, her 2003 Unplugged. Anyone? Does anyone out there know what i'm talking about check it out please because that's also just some of her best stuff but right now we're gonna do kill your mama by alicia keys from her here album this is bfff that i will one day be able to say that correctly (laughs) can you guys say that mark do you want to close that it's bff.fm radio say that bff.fm radio see now say it three times fast (laughs) 
Exactly. All right. There you go. Shame on us, all your sons and your daughters. Thieve on your gold and we poison all your waters. Every piece of our soul is for sale, now they bought us. Think we know it all, then look at where it got us. Oh, mama, mama. Oh, mama, mama. We're crying to the wind. Trying to play God, we've been fucking with genetics. All that you have given, and we only disrespect it. The rate that we're going, premature Armageddon. That's what's gonna happen if we let it. Oh, mama, mama. Oh, mama, mama. You're crying to the wind. Is there any saving us? We become so dangerous. Is there any changing us? Even for the sake of love. How you gonna kill your mama when only mama's gonna love you to the grave? Killing ourselves, falling down with the sickness. Money is the king, it's a dirty, bloody business. There will be no trial, but the child will always witness. If we're in love with hell, why the hell would heaven visit? Oh, mama, mama. Oh, mama, mama. We're crying to the wind. Mama gets the belt, you won't wish we didn't do it Had your chance for redemption, but you fucking blew it Now the weather's changing and the hurricane is moving Right in your direction, what direction are you choosing? Oh, mama, mama Oh, mama, mama Forgive us for your pain Is there any saving us? We've become so dangerous Is there any changing us? Even for the sake of love you're gonna kill your mama when only mama's gonna love you to the grave oh, to the grave oh, how we gonna kill your mama oh, how you gonna kill your mama Life away, his kisses sting sweet like sin. 
naps and she begs me to stay She don't want me to leave the nest But the seasons change and so have I The clouds migrated from the sky Mama, I love you, but this time I know best
southern trees bear strange fruit blood on the leaves and blood at the root black bodies swinging in the southern breeze strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees
fog in the smog of the media, the logs, false narratives of gods that came up against the odds. We're not just nigga rappers with the bars. It's kismet that we're cosmic with the stars. You bastards overlooking street art, better yet street smart, but you keep us off the chart. Some of the fucking numbers and your statisticians. Fuck you know about true competition. Just like the A.O. picture on there talking about he hitting. The only one who's hitting are the ones that's currently spitting. We got your Missy Smitten rubbing on a little kitten. Dreaming up a world that's equal for women with no division. Huh. Boy, I tell you that's vision. Like Tony Romo when he hitting with him. The tribe be the best in a division. Shaheed Muhammad cut it with precision. Who can come back years later still hit the shot? Still I'm trying move you off the fucking block. Babylon blood clot. You upon your head top. All you black folks, you must go.
session um and then with my two friends suna and mark talking about their book photo journal zine (laughs) called cricket uh this is the first volume of it um but we're to match their book about resistance we're talking about songs about resistance so that last one was with mavis staples i give you power it came out the day after trump was elected not elected, excuse me, no, when he was inaugurated. Um, and I like that because it, the lyrics are, I give you power over me. Um, but, like, I can I, 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 I can sing it, but I, it's basically, I'll give you power, but I can take it away at any time that I want, which I think is true, which is something that I think that we forget a little bit. You guys agree? Maybe a little bit? It's like, you can maybe take it away. We can take it away. We're trying to take it away. We're trying to take it away. I guess. Trying to take it away. Power to the people. But, yeah. you know, if the politicians are there to serve us, then we are the ones, we put them in office to do what we tell them to do to represent us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's an extension of our wants and needs. Yeah. Yeah. And if I want Mavis Staples to be in power i should be able to <laughs> if or she's solange. or solange <laughs> i got a lot of options for who i think should be president next during the break mark was talking to me about how me and suna about how tupac raised you and i think that we're going to play him next but do you want to tell me a little bit about your relationship to tupac yeah i can tell you i got into american music actually <laughs> <laughs> okay it was, uh, I think okay. I was 12 or 13 and for christmas my brother and i we got um thank you $25 gift cards to Best Buy. Uh, my brother, who was I think, 11, uh-huh. um, such a cool kid. He still is. Um, he used his Best Buy gift card to buy Radiohead, Pablo Honey. But give him a break. He was 11. Hey, that's a good album. Yeah, so we listened to Pablo Honey. And he also mm-hmm. bought Interpol. Um, <gasps> which so one? Wait, which album? It was... The red and black one? No. Antics. It was Antics. Yeah, okay, okay. It was Antics. Uh, so he was he was ahead a of his time, yes. literally. And I bought Jimi Hendrix's um, Greatest Hits yeah. and also Tupac Greatest Hits. Okay. Don't know why, uh, but those two resonated with me. Nice. So I slowly started getting into... I guess black culture maybe uh-huh. because i'd already been uh, immersed in latino culture my whole life mm-hmm. i felt uh, a want and need mm-hmm. uh to identify with with another uh subculture mm-hmm. that was not in the mainstream uh, i was also living in southern california at the time uh, and so tupac was always 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 even to this day always on the radio yeah. like he's a hometown hero yeah. and i even had a little challenge I would make sure for years I tried to do this. Yeah. Um, where I always had to listen to Tupac every day 
Now, when I turn on the radio, I had to make sure that I had to listen to at least one Tupac song. Really? Um, and I think that what drew me to him and still draws me is his contradictory existence as a person, mm-hmm. where in some ways as a rapper, you have to, it's like like a hyperbole where the man is in, in power over women, which is very degrading, and that's rap music, and it comes from uh, the early 90s and late 80s rap is just really awful and it's hard to defend even still now Mm -hmm. uh but then he also had the softer side from all the way from we had brenda's got a baby Mm -hmm. um talking about single single mothers uh to keep your head up so given my background which um is a a little difficult uh i identified a lot with that Um, so it was then i started getting into west coast rap and and on and on Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think what i ended up also uh, identifying were some of his interviews where one one interview uh, a little before he died he was he was you know asked about you know what he thought he even brought up trump in an interview interview back in like 95 96 uh, but one thing that stood out one quote that he said that he he may not be able to change the world he's like but i want to spark the the change uh, or someone else uh, can spark the change that will change the world and i think he he knew himself that he was only a carrier of the message. So mm-hmm. I found that that's very powerful um, in nature. And maybe that's what we're trying to do is always trying to uh, make sure that the generation after us yeah. uh, can ter- carry the torch and make the world better than how they found it. And so um, I think rap music is always a reflection of our political times uh, from from the 80s with, uh, with Public Enemy Right. Uh, to to the nineties uh, to NWA yeah. um, and even even now uh, with Kendrick Lamar, Run the Jewels, mm-hmm. you know, on and on. It's always rap music. If you ever want to see what was going on politically, you you look to the rappers at the time, yeah. um, and and so that's I think that's why I identified with with Tupac. He was he was very much he considered himself more of a poet and an actor, and the way that he could convey his poetry was through rap, which was. Uh, poetry with, with uh, I guess a, a hardcore um, message to it. Yeah. But it was it was always more about how I identified this this uh, young black guy um, who flaunted his talent. Um, but really, it was me trying to find maybe uh, another guy who's down and out who who was able to make himself something of himself. Mm-hmm. And also sees outside of himself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. And yeah. to also see the world outside of himself. That's it's great to know too that like that's I, I that we still have something like that for kids today and that, you know, there is that whole endless nature to rap music where Kendrick is now here for that. And the I mean, just the pressure that's on them is truly massive. But um yeah, Tupac definitely held the torch for that, I think, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Good stuff, though. And you said, too, I think that, too, another part about um, Tupac that I like a lot is his inability to, or his ability to remove his ego from the situation. And I think that that the quote that you mentioned really describes that pretty well. That, you know, I know that rap music is sort of like an ego-based music where you're talking, yes, about a certain, like, there's some... Yeah, it's it's. And I think rappers yeah. tend to play characters. Yes, they're, they're much like actors. Yes, in that, 
sometimes people that can identify with rap music maybe take it literally uh-huh. and and it's more figuratively any yep any- and so they're trying to be a representative of of what they are um attacking and if it's the system or or if it's what's going on in their neighborhood or what's going on in their life um or if they're just trying to have fun and a lot of a lot of uh life is maybe about trying to forget about your problems and sometimes it's through partying and so they mm-hmm. try to really bring out that life is more than just your problems yeah. and rap may do that some people may not understand it or if they do they may not agree with how it's done mm-hmm. um but i'm a, i I love it, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it has evolved uh, to to much more than just you know b boy dancing and boom boxes and mixtapes. Yeah. To now powers uh, powerful songs for protest or of protest. Yeah, I'd agree. Who do you oh, so? Just moving in today, then to today, um, and the rappers we have today. Who do you think's doing a good job of that, other than Kendrick, um, in being able to describe? you know what's what's happening politically in our country i think that i think that chance is going about it in an interesting way where he yeah chance is doing that and i think that that now rappers are now instead of talking about their problems uh within their city is that they outside of their music are trying to find solutions Mm -hmm. to their problems uh chance being really a great example of that giving back to his community of chicago yeah um and I think at one point, Kanye, way back back when, I mean, he used to be the Louis Vuitton Don yeah. back in the uh, back oh. in the days, uh, back in 2003. He'd go to high schools and surprise them. He'd be like in the big bear suit. Uh, oh, that's right. He'd take off the, the bear head and he would just do surprise concert for these underprivileged kids in the south side of Chicago. And I think at that point he forgot, um, or these days he's forgotten where he came from and who he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's and it's it's interesting that uh, even Jay Z he was always talking about how much you know cocaine he used to sell out in the streets in order to to uh, to make sure to he could make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of rappers that are now using it for for their good. Yeah. Uh, to influence and to to make change and even for example, uh, Run the Jewels, mm-hmm. um, Killer Mike, being a big big voice for um bernie sanders oh that's right yeah he he was he was making sure people were going out to the primaries in atlanta and saying that you know what you guys may want a a front runner uh for your democratic campaign he's like and i truly believe bernie sanders is it mm-hmm. and uh, and so he was he was a, a a political i mean the music is political in and of itself right but he is a political rapper and also a figure in his local community wow Wow. Yep. All good. I mean, it's it's really exciting. I think to see how how it's like draining itself into our um, cultural zeitgeist, to use that term, analogy, and what it's going to mean in the future too. Like looking back and seeing what people have done and how it how it paved the way for what comes next. I think it'll be really interesting to see. Um, speaking of Jay Z, really quick, a little pop culture thing. Maybe you guys have heard about this, but did you see the 4.44 that's been all pasted all around Times Square. There's like rumors going around right now that Jay-Z's about to put out a new album. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, like all of a sudden like Tidal started doing something as did it's in Times Square now. It's a bunch of other places. So 
We'll see. But I mean, if there's any time for Jay-Z to put out an album, I would love for it to be like right now. Well, and he could put out anything. He could he could be talking onto like a... We're not in the prediction business anymore. <laughs> um, you were in it? Yes. We, I, and I'll give you the example of when uh, we were in it. Um, yeah. So when Kendrick Lamar dropped Damn. Yeah. We thought there was going to be Nation. We thought it was going to be released uh, on Easter. <laughs> and there, if you look up all the conspiracy theories around, all the letters that were highlighted on the back of the uh, album cover. Oh, and, my God. Uh, and so, yeah, and so I was sold on it. It's like, you know, I'll make bets right now, $50, that, you know, Nation comes out on Sunday. Sunday came and went. Nation was never dropped. And uh, I'm not in the prediction business anymore. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> It was, a uh, yeah, we're retired. <laughs> retired. I do like, though, that this is, like, the new way that music is released um, where we don't know what's going to happen. Like, you don't know when it's going to hit or people can just drop stuff, like Beyonce dropping Lemonade. Like, come on. It's fun. I like it. I don't I don't know why people – I mean, I feel like – I don't know if people disagree with that. I don't know if it's, like, a, a like a controversial thing where people are like, oh, no, I don't like it when no, there's spontaneous fun. releases. It's I, fun when yeah. things are dropped like this for music. Not fun when you're dropping executive orders this way, but definitely. Oh, definitely yeah. For, <laughs> yeah, for music, think. we like it. For politics, we don't like it. <laughs> that's our position. <laughs> that's, that's good. record. <laughs> I like some surprises, not all surprises. Yeah, yeah. Drop albums, not executive orders. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. That's the slogan. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> All right, let's go into some more music then. We're going to do Tupac to begin. Changes. So here you go, Mark. A little one for you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. This is Mimi Zach with Private Session on BFF.FM radio. Here we go. Next one. In the morning and I ask myself It's like worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black My stomach hurts so I'm looking for a purse to snatch Cops give a damn about a negro Pull a trigger, kill him, he's a hero Get a to the kids who the hell cares One less hungry mouth on the welfare First ship him, don't let him deal with brothers Give him guns, step back, watch him kill each other It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere Unless we share with each other we gotta start making changes Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers And that's how it's supposed to be How can the devil take a brother if he's close to me? Uh, I let it go back to when we played as kids But then it changed That's the way it is Come on, come on That's just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is Oh yeah Changes. All I see is racist faces Misplaced hate makes disgrace to racist We under, I wonder what it takes to make this One better place, let's see race to waste it Take the evil out the people, they'll be acting right Cause both black and white and smoke 
tonight And the only time we chill is when we kill each other It takes skills and we real time to heal each other And although it seems evident, we ain't ready to see a black president uh, It ain't a secret or concealed a fact The penitentiary's packed and it's filled with blacks But some things will never change Try to show another way for the staying in the dope game Now tell me what's a mother to do Being real don't appeal to the brother in you You gotta operate the easy way I made a G today But you made it in a sleazy way Selling it back to the kids I gotta get paid But hey, well that's the way it is Come on, come on That's just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is Oh yeah No changes, can a brother get a little peace? It's war on the streets and a war in the Middle East Instead of war on poverty, they got a war on drugs So the police can bother me And I ain't never did a crime, I ain't have to do But now I'm back with the blacks, giving it back to you Don't let them jack you up, back you up, crack you up And pip smack you up, you gotta learn to hold your own They get jealous when they see you with your mobile phone But tell the cops I can't touch this I don't trust this, when they try to rush, I bust this That's the sound number two, you say it ain't cool About my way 
And I wonder if I'd see another highway I had a lover I don't think I risk another these days If I seem to be afraid to live the life that I have made in song It's just that I've been losing so Please, amigos, I can't please you And that's why I do what I do My soul fly 
Rejects my take deck, rejects projectile 
niggas hear me You remember take notes Cause I sold my rap oats Before you biting zealots Here's a quote But you can't divide the tribe These cats can't rap, Mr. Author, I feel no vibe The magazine says the girl should've went solo The guy should stop rapping, vanish like a noodle Took it to the heart, but every actor plays his part As long as someone was listening, I knew it was the start For me to get my chance, grab my pen and revamp Do a cameo while everybody do the dance Quick now, cause you're running out of luck Playing Mr. Big, I'm gonna get you sucker Why you munching at your luncheon, I'll be planning your assassination I compress sound sets with my rap DBX Then drop vocals on my 4, 5, 6 and packs Bring terror to the shop of horror As she cry me out more The phantom dies in the opera And to the youngins who carry gadgets And kill six days a week The rest on the Sabbath Violence ain't necessary Unless you provoke me then get buried Like the great Mussolini And for you biting zealots Your rap stars are relics No matter who you damage Still a force for Hey, another MC loses life tonight. Lord, I beg that you pray to Jesus Christ. Why? Oh Lord, Father, don't let them bury me. Something about this man. I was with Floyd up there. You know Floyd the copy just get a hard on for just shoot niggas. Just shoot niggas. I've been low, I've been high, I've been sold all my lies. I've got nothing left to play. I've got nothing left to say. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white. I'm in love, but I'm still sad. I found peace, but I'm not glad. All my nights and all my days, I've been trying the wrong way. I'm a black man in a white world. 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 I feel like I've been here before. I feel that knocking on my door. I feel like I've been here before. I feel that knocking on my door. And I've lost it.
and that was Black Man in a White World by Michael Kiwanaka. I was just saying that I don't really remember how to say his name. I've heard it before. He's he's the same artist that did um, Cold Little Heart, which is the opening track to the um, beloved Big Little Lies TV show on HBO. Did you guys watch that at all? Suna slash Mark? No. Unfortunately not. No. It's on my to-do list for sure. Uh, yes. Well, some people just aren't as, you know, bored as me well, I heard and have lives. Well, I heard it was like a grown-up <laughs> version of um, 13 Reasons Why or something along the lines mm. of that. Is that misinformation? Is that stale information? That's that's a little bit – I don't think that's fair, okay. I would say. I'm, okay. I mean, I can see where they – I can see where they're saying that because they're both kind of these like – no, no, they're actually – no, I, I don't it's know a who horrible told metaphor. Someone the told you told that, that yeah. it was wrong. Okay, no, gotcha. they're not. Yeah, all right, good to know. To get good to know. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't write. So if someone makes that metaphor and you haven't seen it, I was just like, all right, take you at your nope. word. But now yep. I know that is incorrect, so I'll be sure to tell them. It's good because it's <laughs> just watch it and text me, and I'll have my live commentary. Um, it's very like female empowering. It's it's like the at the heart of it. It's just it's just all woman, and. And and then like the power of Reese Witherspoon is thrown in there too. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. We just had a couple last songs. Uh, we had Zealots by the Few Fugees. I always say Fugees, and I think that's my Buffalo accent coming out. My East Coast Fugees. We had These Days by Nico, and um, yeah, we're gonna just set up close out the the set right now with a couple more songs. But I want to say thanks, guys, for coming in and talking to me about what you've been doing it's really really cool and if you didn't hear it before the photo journal zine slash book is called crooked uh volume one and it's in stores at give me them one more time needles and pens located mm-hmm. on valencia street in mm-hmm. the mission district of san francisco california Ooh. as well as <laughs> gravel and gold and adobe books Adobe Books. And tomorrow, there's going to be a little party at Adobe Books, if anybody wants to come. There'll be wine and cheese and possible games, I hear. I've got the exclusive now. Well, actually, this will have broadcasted after that, so sorry, um, America, but you won't be able to go to that. Unless you have a time machine. Unless you have a time machine, which if you do... So dope, hook us up. That would be really interesting to talk about, too. Come, then email me for sure. (laughs) A-J-Z-A-K-6 at gmail.com. That's also for anyone that wants to uh, come in and talk to me on the show or has a request for something they want me to talk about on the show. Um, But yeah. All right, great. Well, so check out their book, Crooked, Volume 1. And we're going to just do a couple more songs about resistance here tonight. going to begin with Don't Touch My Hair by Solange. I know this is the second song that I've played off of her album, but I can't help myself. A Seat at the Table was like probably one of the best albums of the past two years. Sorry, that's a broad statement. I think I can say that. Apology accepted. Mark, you did radio slash are a little bit of a music freak like myself. So... Are you? Do you get? Do you get annoyed? (laughs) Do you you get annoyed when people say like really hyperbolic things like that? Like no. So I thought I knew everything about music, and there was. um, So I was in a fraternity, and once (laughs) I was representing them in a. One of the sororities had put on like a week long event, and one of them was a music 
quiz mm -hmm. and like oh mark you have to go on you're gonna dominate it because you have a music yeah. iq of like a billion yeah yep. i embarrassed myself because it turns that. out i don't know all music no um, you just know the music that you like like super well exactly. right yeah. i know yeah. every artist that i like not Inside every artist ever yep and uh they were yep. like why did we put you on afterwards i was like i don't know i thought <laughs> i was so much better than this so um it was very humbling. Yeah. And so that's why I often try to ask other people what they like because uh, I know what I like. But yeah. I don't know what others like. And it's cool, too, to watch someone, like, get all, like, right in the face about something they think is really cool. Um, it, it's, it makes anything interesting, I think. I've got some construction going around around us. I'm sorry, listeners. You heard that in the background. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's cool at any time that there's – anyone's talking to me about music and that could even be pop music you know like my little sister called me and talked to me about how much she loves lord and her obsession with her and i didn't like i wasn't obsessed or anything with her last with like pure heroin or that her first album but then having natalie tell me about my that's my little sister but having her tell me about the syncopations that she used and how that was different and like this interesting new thing that she was doing you know in terms of her production style i was like wow okay well yeah let me look into that and then it's you know you start going down the rabbit hole of even carly ray jepsen i'm gonna say that i know that's like kind of embarrassing but because of that i think i have to say it <laughs> like I was I did that I listened to like the full new album of Carly Rae Jepsen and I mean it did kind of feel like I had just drank a Red Bull like really fast um, but it was good I think I don't I think this is another conversation <laughs> there's nothing that Carly Rae is resisting against I don't think unless it's like well I don't know what am I to say Anyways, all right, so we're just going to do two more songs here tonight before signing off, starting with Don't Touch My Hair by Solange, and then the seminal classic Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. Thanks again for everybody for listening in. This is Mimi Zach with Private Session. Thanks again, Mark and Suna. For, Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, this is BFF.FM Radio. Have a good night, everyone. the feelings I wear don't touch my soul when it's a rhythm I know don't touch my crown they see the vision I've found don't touch what's there It's the feelings I wear They don't understand what it means to me Where we chose to go
test my mind. They say the truth is my sound. They don't understand what it means to me. Where we chose to go, where we meant to go. They don't understand what it means to me. Where we chose to go. The minor fall and the major lift The baffled king composing Hallelujah 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 
your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof, her beauty and the moonlight overthrew you. And she tied you to her kitchen chair, and she broke your throne, and she cut your hair, and from your lips she drew the hallelujah. Baby, I've been here before I've seen this room and I've walked this floor You know, I used to live alone before I knew you And I've seen your flag on the marble arch And love is not a victory march It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah Hallelujah Remember when I moved in you And the holy dove was moving too And every breath we drew is hallelujah 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 It's not a cry that you hear at night It's not somebody who's seen the light It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah 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 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah.